Welcome to The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a very full and happy life. And I'm Chelsea. I have a passion for helping people to put themselves first and to be the best versions of themselves each and every day. We came together to create the Wellness Hub, which is an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, support, and offers you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing a space to share tips and tricks, that we help people with chronic conditions to thrive and live the lives they've dreamed of. This show is not only for those who live with a chronic illness or disability, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalize having a chronic condition by sharing real stories with real people and show the world how relatable these everyday struggles can be. There's a little something in here for everyone. And a special shout out to our community, The Wellness Hub. Thanks to your contributions, we are able to provide flexible work opportunities for Spoonies, to donate to our nonprofit Spoonies Unite, which helps provide wellness treatments for those who need it, and supports us in our endeavors. To learn more, visit the show notes. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode with Keely Cat Wells. We freaking love her. She is an entrepreneur and disability advocate activist dedicated to making social, systematic, and economic change. Keeley is a Forbes 30 under 30 Europe Entertainment 2021 honoree, an airy change maker, advisory board member at Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation, has been named by the Los Angeles Lakers as a Commercia Bank Woman of Entrepreneurship Awardee, and has been a disability subject matter expert at Google and the Lego Group. Keely is also the CEO and founder of C-Talent and Zeta Studios. Keely founded her first company at a young age during her time in hospital, which developed into C-Talent. C-Talent represents deaf and disabled artists, athletes, and influencers globally with the goal of normalizing disabled people being experts in subjects beyond disability. C-Talent also provides disability and accessibility consulting for the entertainment industry and Fortune 500 companies. After noticing the lack of access in the entertainment industry, Keeley from Zeta Studios, which is set to be the world's first ever studio to be a fully accessible, designed with disabled people in mind. Keeley is also working with Sarah Hart Wire to eliminate Section 14C of the Fair Labor Standards Act, an 80-year-old discrimination discriminatory statue that provides the foundation of a system that permits employee employers of disabled workers to file for certificates that allow them to pay disabled employees subminimum wage, even to this date. We believe there is no right or left with disability, only forward. We love talking with Keely. And if you have not listened to every single one of our episodes, it's okay. If you haven't go back and listen to Keely's change maker episode, because in that, that conversation, she dives in a lot deeper into her story, her history, how she's gotten to where she, where she, where she is today. And today we talked a little bit more about her journey with sharing her disability while dating and with her now husband, we talk about how her disability and her illness affects being an entrepreneur and some of the cool projects that she's got going on right now. So make sure you check out her change maker episode, as well as this one, they both go together. They complement each other. Great. 
and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We have Keely Catwells with us today. Hi, Keely. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yay. So some of you, if you've listened to every single one of the episodes that Cassie and I have put out, there is another interview with Keely all about being an airy change maker. That's how we connected with her. We're, we're all airy change makers. Yay. We wanted to have Keely back on to talk a little bit more about her illness, her experience, and just share a little bit about that. So let's see. We wanted to, Keely, you just got married. <laughs> I know. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah a bit strange a bit strange uh I think it was a four-day engagement maybe four or five oh I know <laughs> I feel like you were posting that you were engaged and then the next thing I know you're posting that you eloped and I as someone who's currently planning a wedding I'm kind of like huh, good idea <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah definitely a cheat right there definitely yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know it was super cute because you're like, um, we did a thing, you know, with the engagement. Then you're like, um, we did not, we did another another thing, thing, you know, we're married now. (laughs) So in the Airy Changemaker episode, we talked a lot more about your story and um how you've gotten to where you are today, which is normally what we start people off. But since that's already happened, I don't want to make you repeat yourself. So I'd love to just dive into what it was like to date having an ostomy bag and kind of how you went about sharing that with people at what point did you decide to share that and maybe kind of how it does or doesn't affect your relationship with your husband and yeah and your everyday life a little bit too yeah yeah absolutely I mean it's definitely like it's super scary and for someone who hasn't had it I feel like it's not been that long but then sometimes I feel like it's been a really long time but I feel like in those types of situations it feels like it's not been long at all because it's a completely new experience and as someone who's already had bad experiences when disclosing it just makes it even more scary like in a professional Mm -hmm. sense in like a work sense Mm -hmm. so I mean for me I always panic and I always like try and put it off so much but then and I think sometimes that works for like potentially a dating strategy like just uh, like keep you know (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah keep some mystery like I'm not going to tell you about this until I think it's (laughs) worth actually telling you. (laughs) Right. And then like not wanting to move too quick too and be like, I just want to get to know you first and like do it for all the right reasons. And so in that sense, I kind of like that. It scares me a little bit, but um, I think, you know, as long as you find the right person, it shouldn't be an issue. And I think, you know, as well, if you've got the right person, it doesn't scare you as much to disclose. Um, But I think it's strange too, because it's, invisible yet visible at the same time so it's like the weirdest situation to be in and I never know what to say when people say that like mm-hmm. do you get this sometimes where they, they're like what's your disability and you're like oh, gosh really well you know I don't even know what to say when people say that yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing um, it is it is confusing and in fact without without getting off on like too much of a tangent. Cause I know that we're right. like focusing right now on, we just asked you a question, <laughs> but I am remembering that we had a really interesting conversation and I don't remember now if it was when we recorded it or if we had the conversation before or after our episode, but we talked a little bit about defining a disability and you are one of the most perfect people to talk about that being such a disability advocate and you know, your line of work being so involved Um, So what could you share what kind of you 
it's not classified. That's not the right word, but I know that we've received messages where someone's like, how do you determine if you're disabled? And, um, I just remember that you gave a really beautiful definition of that. Would you share that? What you would normally say to someone if they ask that? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm still learning too. I can't remember what I said, but I feel like more recently I saw someone post on social media that they had to Google to find out if they were disabled. And I was like, that is so interesting because you don't leave hospital and you don't leave, like, you just don't, you don't get told by anyone that you're now disabled. No one tells you that. So I feel like that was such an empowering post because I feel like people sometimes are so scared of this disclosure conversation because they don't even know if they fall into that quote unquote category. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole conversation of, are you disabled enough? Or, um, or being like scared that it's just, you're not going to fit in within a community that you very much belong in. And I feel like for me, I even remember trying to get into like this Facebook group one time and uh, even facing discrimination within like this disability focused Facebook group of being like, oh, you're not disabled enough. And it's like, what? So I think for me, it's like, you know, if it's something that affects your everyday life and you've got the social barriers that prevent us from doing so many things, like for me, I face a lot of the barriers of just getting my medical supplies. Like that's a huge social barrier that I face and I wish wasn't, didn't exist. Um, And, you know, just those things that lack of accessibility, because I very much believe in the social model of disability, that it's not our impairments that are the issue. It's the it's society's barriers. It's the physical challenges that we face and also the mindsets and the stereotypes that have been put in place for us. So I think in a roundabout way, hopefully that kind of answers that question. Oh, you're that you answered it really beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that was fantastic. So thank you for adding that in. So going back to your story a little bit, like you said, so you met your wonderful husband and he was obviously accepting when you decided to talk to him about your illness. Yes. So this may be TMI, but I just remember being so scared. Like that first time Mm -hmm. um, I kept on a skirt and I was like, I refuse to take it off. I was like so friggin' scared. But it, yeah. like there it, it was nothing to be scared about. Like it just wasn't even a massive conversation. It was like, I've got this. And it was like, cool. What else? I'm like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I made it this whole big thing. I was like, we're going to have to sit down. We're going to have to talk about this. And uh, and he was like, well, whatever. I don't care. I was like, oh, okay. That oh, that's good. so that's nice. On. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, not as scary as I thought it was. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Like people shouldn't be as scared. Um, as Mm -hmm. I think they sometimes are. I think uh, this goes for anything, things that you as an individual are scared about. If you're sharing that with someone that really, truly, honestly cares about you, they don't care. Mm -hmm. It's when they don't really care about you that they care more. If that makes sense. So like, <laughs> right. I can't, I'm trying to think of, I'm sure there's, well, it, it might even just be like, they're just judgmental. And so they can't see past that potentially yeah. too, and you know, they're like probably not the right fit. Exactly. Oh yeah. For sure. And I think it's like, I'm, I really appreciate you sharing your little bit of TMI too, because sometimes <laughs> we don't talk about, we don't, talk, that's also not TMI on our show, by the way. It's so not. you're fine, <laughs> but, um, but it is true because it is nerve wracking and um, one has to think of 
if the roles were reversed, you know, would you care if, if he's was the one who had it, you know, and that's what I always try to tell myself when I think of that, or if I talk to other people, like if the roles were reversed, you know, you wouldn't care if someone has something, we all have something, right? We all have shit. We all have baggage. Yeah. For sure. Most of the worst baggage is the like crazy ass. I'm saying more mental stuff from you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But that's really nice that you kind of like, you were shy, but you talked to him and he was like, this is no big deal. You know? Oh yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, for sure. I feel like disability is such a good, like navigate, like navigator, like radar. Like it's such a good judge of it. It gets people's character to come out way quicker than you would probably find out about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I would agree with that. And I think there's, I don't know, I was watching, I was telling Kath about this earlier. I got sucked into a Snapchat little, they've got like those little TV shows now. And one of them was, I think, like dating differently. And mm-hmm. I watched it because it was, um, I believe her Instagram handle is Wheelchair Rapunzel. Oh, and yeah. I follow her and I, I really like the stuff that she shares. And she's very much about, she's like, I am a sexual being. I am a person. Yes, I have, I think she's got SMA and yeah, she's in a wheelchair and yeah, she's got caregivers, but she's like, it's part of who I am and I still want to have fun. I want to go live my life. And so she had a blind date and it was just really, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Cause she's like, she's like, yeah, this is part of who I am and it is what it is. And if you have a problem with that, then we're not going to work. Right. Yep. And yep. so she was looking for someone who could see her still as a person, but was also yeah, like, like a, a, a part of the date was they were sitting outside and it started to rain. So they had to move inside. So like he picked up her drink for, her cause it's hard for her to be able to carry it and move in her wheelchair. And she was like, well, that's a good sign that he carried my drink in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cute. Aww. Yeah. See, that's nice. Yeah. And I think probably one of the big lessons to you that we've tried to talk about with dating and stuff is there does get to be a point when you're talking to someone, meeting someone or sharing these vulnerable parts of yourself, that if they say that it's okay and everything's great and doesn't bother them, that you have to believe them, Mm -hmm. which is probably the hardest part is to trust that they're not just like being polite and you have to actually believe them so that you can let go of that insecurity. It's so true. I think it like holds us back as individuals more than it does like that we think it does the other person I feel like that's just us being so like it's uh like internalized ableism like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it is <gasps> it is mm-hmm. 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 oh I just had a light bulb moment well and this is not exactly the same thing but Cassie and I work together we rely on each other for lots of things we have a relationship of of some kind it's not a romantic one but we have a relationship and I think like back and forth like there are both times or we both have times where we just can't show up in the same way we've got other stuff going on we're tired we've we're traveling family you're in town like whatever it is and I notice it's like for me there's if there's ever times that I'm like oh I really wish Cassie would be available for this or this I'm like that's not her problem that's mine Mm. if I'm placing expectations of like oh I wish we'd gotten this done. That's, that's my problem that I need to look at and be like, why am I wanting us to push through these things that we really don't have to push through? And so I think reminding just yourselves that if someone does 
have a problem, it's not you. It's 100% them. Yep. So well said. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that little dating tidbit. I don't know why all of a sudden we, we spoke to a few different people recently and I was like, and they, all of them had partners. And so I was like, I want to ask a little bit, because I don't know. I think lately we've just been getting like all the single ladies, you know, which (laughs) I'm one of them. So maybe I'm attracting them because I keep talking about my weird dating woes on our podcast or something. But, um, I think it's just really important. You know, I said this, like when we very first started our podcast before, I think it was right before we started our podcast. I listened to an episode with Nitika Chopra and sparkled life. Mm-hmm. That was on the yeah, point of pain. Like, yeah. Nitika's well, podcast. I know. I just was trying to remember sparkled life's actual name. Isn't it Liza or something? Anyway, she's amazing. And on there, she was talking about finding the love of her life and that moment on that podcast episode was one of the first times in, I don't know, years that I believed that someone could love me for me with my illness, with everything. And it was a really, really profound moment because it was the first time I had heard, um, of like a experience of that, of that happening because the world that I was surrounded by was super duper ableist. And so it was the first moment that I had of hope. And so maybe, maybe lately I'm wanting people to hear like, Hey, lots of people are having deep love connections. There's incredible people out there. You know, you can have a super duper full life in every sense of the word, no matter what your condition, illness, disability, or anything is. So maybe I'm just hoping that someone else will hear your beautiful story and be like, well, if Kat can do it, I can do it. Yeah, uh-huh. I love that. I think it's like it's media representation too, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I love that you heard about that through, um, like, was it a, a podcast? Like, a, yeah. right. And well, I wish there was more like TV and film and mm-hmm. that had us represented yeah. in those ways. Like we are those love interests. We are all of those different characters. That we just never get to see. Um, I, I think that's a huge part of it. Huge problem. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. And that's part of the change that you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I actually, <laughs> Keely, I was thinking about you last night because I watched on Netflix five feet away. No, five uh-huh. feet apart. Five mm-hmm. feet apart. Excuse me. And so I picked it because I liked uh, it's two patients with cystic fibrosis and they fall in love, but they're not supposed to be within six feet of each other. And it was a heartbreaking story, but it reminded me of conversations that we've had about having people with those actual experiences in the room. I'm have, I have yet to dive into reading about people with cystic fibrosis thoughts on the movie, because I feel like they matter a lot more than my thoughts on the movie. Um, and I was just, I was thinking about you as I was watching it. And I'm like, man, I really hope that people in production that were part of this were people with CF or family members of people with CF who actually know what that life experience is like. Mm. So I'm going to do my own research to see if it was a good representation or a bad representation, but it was still, it was good to see a different story out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're close to, to getting it right. Um, you know, again, I would love to hear it from someone who has that condition. Mm-hmm. Um, but from my point of view, I see it as being slightly problematic um, because I feel like what the film does is it says that you have to risk your life for love and you don't. 
Right. They show in this film that you have to, uh, you, you're disabled and you have to risk your life and you only can be in love and you have to die at the end. Like, why can't we show being disabled, thriving and in love? And yes, we can still have those dramatic storylines, but they don't all have to end in death. I, <laughs> I actually love that you brought that up because the ending of the movie, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it. I mean, it has been out for a couple of years. Go watch it on Netflix if you haven't with a box of tissues. But I did kind of feel like the ending was, I don't know. It didn't sit right with me. <laughs> and so hearing you share your perspectives on it, I'm like, okay, that maybe that's what it is. I felt like it was a little overly dramatic. Well, and freaking- I'm like, there's ways that this could have, I think, still worked yeah when Chelsea texted me about it last night I was like I can't watch that I'm gonna cry and I oh, told yeah, her that I watched a walk to remember a couple years ago with Mandy Moore and cried a bunch and she died in that one too mm-hmm. sorry to spoil it and then there was that one with Kate Hudson a few years ago and I love Kate Hudson but she died in that one yep and Midnight Sun too Midnight yeah. Sun the more recent one um, yeah yeah it's a big problem big problem and usually as well they have the storylines where the guy is the savior or the non-disabled person is the savior and again the focus of the storyline goes away from the disabled person and onto the caregiver um or the non-disabled people it's uh yeah it's a it's a big stereotype a big trope Mm -hmm. and definitely a problem and this is why we have people like cat keely keep cat cat (laughs) I like that better. You can keep it. <laughs> Keely Catwells. <laughs> this is why we have people like you doing what you're doing to help all of us, you uh, know? So thank you. you because now my mind is like, yeah. Well, this and is, I, yeah. I'm glad that you are always so outspoken about these things because while having disabled people in movies, And again, I know you're always a big fan and it's made me a very big fan of hearing you talk about it, of having people who actually have the disability play the person with the disability. It just makes so much logical sense. Mm -hmm. Like you should just do it. (laughs) And (laughs) it, it definitely makes me think more critically about what I'm watching and what I'm consuming. Cause on one hand I was like, oh yay, people with, with CF and like, that's great. We're bringing awareness. Like I don't think it was a huge, huge movie because I had not heard of it until like the day before I watched it and it came out in 2019. So I was like, well, maybe it's not as big as like, as it would be nice. It's not a huge blockbuster, but it's still there, but there's still problems. And so I think it's, it's about thinking critically for those, those, those things as we move towards the the best case scenario. Yes. Hey everyone, quick little interruption in your ears. We wanted to make sure that you know about the vital field energy cells. Cassie and I have been talking about them a lot because we seriously love them. They are amazing. They're incredible. I've been wearing my anti-inflame cell straight 24 seven on my body for weeks now. And I feel better. I've been having a lot of acne on my jawline and I was told that it had a lot to do with some inflammation in my gut. So on top of having some better eating choices for me in my body, Bye-bye cheese. It's okay. We're getting through it. 
but wearing the energy cell, the anti-inflame one has been helping clear out that inflammation. I feel better. I feel less puffy. I'm not having this kind of bloated feeling in my stomach that I would normally wake up with. It's amazing. And I also love my no pain cell for days when I've been sitting too much, my body's just sore and just things just kind of achy and painy. It really does make a difference so quickly. It's like voodoo magic, y'all. We love these things. So if you're wanting to try them, which we recommend that you do, they're cool things. Go to vitalfield.com and use code SPOONIESUNITE, all caps, for 20% off. And just so you know, if you buy the cells individually with our code, it is a better deal than getting the bundles, which is cool. Saving money is amazing. But if you've been using them, let us know. We want to hear how it's working for you. Otherwise, go to vitalfield.com, use code SPOONIESUNITE, and get 20% off your order. So can you tell our listeners what you do? Cause then people will know why we're like, Keely is the person that we need. Which again, and all of you should have gone back and listened to Keely's episode where she talked about what she does a lot. Yes. A quick refresher for people who did not go back and listen to that. Give us a quick refresher, maybe a little biz update of since we last talked to you. And then we want to discuss what it's like to be a Spoonie entrepreneur. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So I am the CEO and founder of C-Talent, which is a talent company that represents high-profile disabled talent, such as, and deaf and disabled talent, uh, such as influencers, actors, writers, um, and more producers, etc. And we also consult for companies such as like Lego and Google um, and Virgin Media, Virgin Atlantic, and helping them become inclusive beyond compliance um, and more accessible and um, and just trying to implement universal design and educating people on uh, disability awareness, disability training, um, and all of that. And we're also in the planning commission process in the UK to build the world's first fully accessible film studio, which is super exciting. Oh, and biz updates. Um, goodness, there's been quite a few. I mean, it's been we've hired. Uh, we've now got 10 staff, 10 full-time staff members, which is super exciting. I think we only had like three when we last spoke. Maybe That's a little incredible. Bit more. Yes. Um, and I was a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree this year, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, have what else? Just some really awesome partnerships. We're going to be partnering with LA Fashion Week this year, having some uh, disabled talent walk down the and roll down the runway. Oh um, my gosh, yeah. that is really exciting. I love yeah. all of like the fashion shows and everything like freaking making the cut and project runway. And like, I remember project runway coming out with like more inclusive sizes, like plus size models, which the plus size was freaking normal bodies. And I just remember that being a big moment years ago. And yep. so this, that's really, really exciting. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's just testament to like everything everyone's doing. I feel like there are so many more movements now. There are so many more people like doing it. And I think social media activism has such a big part Mm -hmm. to play in it too. Um, There are so Mm -hmm. many amazing social media disabled influencers such as yourselves and podcasts and just people bringing so much attention to it. It's, um, it's really cool. It's been a great year, I think for, for the community Mm -hmm. around. Absolutely. One of the things that you said that I loved was that you help with trainings so that people can be better than just being compliant yeah. with disability mm-hmm. on regulations. Cause I, I just, I don't know why, like why do the bare minimum, <laughs> like doing the bare minimum. So like you're still not doing it. And so I love that you're like, okay, so here's compliance. Here's where you actually should be. And I just 
I heard you said that and I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's perfect. Uh, I just love it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's such a misconception. Like people, and it's it's not their fault. It's just the education, the systemic issues, the oppression, and everyone thinks that this compliance is fine and that's great and ticking boxes is good enough. But people often forget that that isn't the optimum, that it doesn't make people work at their best ability. And oftentimes there's still things like inequitable systems. You still can't even... Uh, some people can't even apply for a job and algorithms are still wrong you know they may meet all of the the requirements but still people disabled people's resumes go right to the bottom of the pile simply because of an algorithm um Gosh. and even just things like uh text not being translated into asl or bsl mm. or you know or sign language so what can we do to open doors to everyone and not just a certain portion of people and how can we get people to work from not just 50% or 70%, but to 100% um, and beyond, you know. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. I know that's something Cassie and I are always trying to be better at. We are for sure not perfect, mm-hmm. but it's something that we're always trying to get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it's like interesting as you say that, Chelsea, um, we are in the industry and surrounded by people, you know, and when I say the industry, I just mean like with, the industry that is less abled or whatever and being surrounded by that, like in our social media and our connections and everything. And yet it's still a challenge to get educated on, like Mm -hmm. you said, not just being like compliant, but above and beyond. And those reminders of like, um, you know, writing your caption for your reel because the Mm -hmm. words in the reel don't, Mm-hmm. get translated, you know, for, for blind, um, people and you need to write it in the captions so mm-hmm. that it can be read properly. Um, or what is it called? You know, heard back properly. And so it's, it is really important and there's not enough awareness out there. And I think you're right that I feel like a lot has happened in the past year as well. Um, even things like Selma Blair, her documentary or movie coming out, I'm super excited about, I mean, that's just going to be really huge. Um, for just awareness. Yep. You know, absolutely huge. I mean, um, it, she's just thinking, I love the way that they made it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our clients, Dominic actually consulted on the project and he was, he was just saying like the whole process was just incredible. And I think the way that they did it, they could have easily fallen into that space of inspiration form, but they mm-hmm. made it, they made it so truthful. They made it so empowering and, and just honest. There was no, that, there wasn't that inspirational music. There wasn't that big reveal. There wasn't those common traps that they could have fallen mm. into. It was, and I love how like, even in the trailer, I'm not, I haven't seen the film yet. I don't think it comes out for a while, but even in the trailer, I loved how the tone, it started and ended on the same tone of just yeah. her being her. And yeah. it, I, I can't wait. It's amazing. And it's, it's going to be great. in the theater. Yeah. Like, it's That's where I was like, oh my gosh, this is not just like, oh, wait, you know, what documentary that you could slip on Netflix or whatever, which is also awesome. But I was like, they're putting it in the theater. That's like, I felt like that was just a really big deal. Um, I'm thrilled. I I can't wait. I'm super excited. And I just, I think that's going to be a really big deal too. And so um, what is it like with managing a chronic illness and managing a very successful growing company. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your days kind of like, what's your energy like and your symptoms and you know, how, how has all of that been for you and growing? Cause I, 
Chelsea and I can only imagine that you're working like 70 hours a week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. And so, yeah. So will you share a little bit about what that journey has been like? And you faced some adversity in the first place, which was part of what led you to entrepreneurialism, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. Always has been, always will be. But I feel like it's it's so worth it. And one of the reasons, obviously, getting into like owning my own businesses was so I could have that flexibility, and so I didn't have to be, you know, I could set my own schedule, I could do my own thing, and um, and I feel like the first couple of years of like getting into it um, were very much like figuring it out, and I feel like I've figured out my own body and my health um I just learned how to balance it and how to um how to deal with it much more so I feel like at the beginning I was having to skip so many days I'd work super hard for like a week and then I'd be out of it completely for like two weeks I'd be like just trying to recover and it would be in that constant that constant cycle of like burnout try and get back again burnout but now I feel like I've got to a point where I know exactly what my business needs I know what I need and then being able to juggle the two um but obviously I still mess up like all the time um but for me uh, I also work on so many different time zones so I usually get up like around five start work at like 5 15 um and then end my days um like pretty late but making sure that I give myself enough breaks and enough headspace and enough water and food and you know really looking after myself I think we get so lost sometimes in this hustle mentality and there's like this hustle culture which is so problematic because it literally just says that stamina is going to make you successful and people often look at stamina and get it modeled up with talent and we definitely need to get out of that conversation and get out of that that issue of like you know grind until grind until you make it and that's not the case at all you can definitely still work very flexible hours keep your health a priority and still be successful and I'm, I'm still finding that balance but I think that's a really important really important point woohoo there's hope I think it finding balance is hard, but it sounds like it's through trial and error. You figured it out. So I hope for anyone listening, that's like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing right now. And you're like, what is this balance? It's something that you find over time. Oh yeah. You definitely just have to figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. and consistently figure it out. I don't think you're ever going to get to a day where you're like, yes, I figured it out. I think it just takes so much time and it's an ever changing, ever growing process. And I mean, for me, I still find like my symptoms and health changes all the time. And I never know what to expect. And I feel like us with like these rare kind of chronic illnesses too, we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, how we're going to wake up in the morning, if we're going to wake up feeling good or not. So just having a team as well being able to delegate things and not just you know putting everything on yourself I think I hope to be able to get to a point within the next year or so where I don't have to be consistently working in my business I can more be working on my business Mm -hmm. um so I'm not you know doing those things that you know I'm also not that great at so it's just you know finding that team of of people that you can work with rely on and uh, delegate to I think that helps I like that not working in your business, but working on your business. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. That's some good stuff. Um, I was wondering how much your team played a role in helping you. Cause I know as Cassie and I have slowly started to build a team. It's, it makes a really big difference when you have people to lean on. And even just the fact that we have each other, if there's one day that Cassie's not feeling hundred percent or I'm not feeling hundred percent, 
or we're just in different busy seasons, then the other one can kind of can take that up. So yeah. Ask for help people. Well, like you said, like building in that flexibility because Chelsea and I have really been trying to uh, fill our work plates, our workloads right now so that we can take off pretty much all of September and October um, because of Chelsea's wedding. And then we have one of our friends getting married. It's just a lot of weekends that we're both really busy um, with the same obligation. So we can't really hand it off to each other. Mm-hmm. And there was, I, I canceled to reschedule like three different times in the past, like two weeks. And it was just really nice. Cause Chelsea was like, you know, this is why we've created flexibility into our like business model. And why this is important is, you know, so that we can be flexible when we need it and take time off. And that is one of kind of like the perks. And, you know, even with our podcast interviews, um, we get a lot of cancellations or people needing to reschedule. And we've built that into our system, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that people have health stuff come up and they might just be too tired and can't talk that day, you know? And so I think that flexibility, you're right. Like you get to create that. And so the more that you set up your systems now, the better long-term anyway. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so with business is good, business is booming. Are you, and with your building that film, um, film studio, you said the all inclusive, all accessible film studio in the UK. Are you having to go back and forth between the UK and the U S right now? I mean, I haven't COVID, um, has kept me in one place for a very long time. I mean, I haven't gone back to England, I think in like two and a half years, okay. which is the longest I've never seen my family for. And it's been, yeah, it's been a horrible time to feel like I have to be in one place, although mm-hmm. it's given me the energy and the stability to actually be able to grow my business. So it's a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Well, that's kind of a cool way to look at it. Cause I was mm-hmm. going to ask if you were like how, how traveling was for you and how you would do stuff with like how you could maintain your energy with traveling and jet lag and all of that stuff. But you're right. You haven't had to do that very much really for the last couple of years. So you can really save all that energy for the business. Yes. And I realized how much travel was affecting me too and how much better it is to just be in one, one place. And like, I don't have to travel. Um, I, cause I remember every time I would travel, I'd need to take like at least four days off to recover, um, especially international travel, but no, it's great. I mean, I can literally work on all the different time zones, be in one seat, in one place, have everything I need with me. Um, so much better. I mean, I think I'm traveling for the first time for work um, on Saturday, uh, just to Colorado for a speaking engagement. And that's it. But I don't think I will do it much. I'm very oh, that's, limited. Mm-hmm. That's, that is, that is good to know. Cause that is something is traveling when you're chronically ill is like a whole. The worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot. And Katie Howland, one of the other change makers, she had some super good advice about it because she's quite the traveler. Um, and so, yeah, I just wondered if you were having to travel a lot and what that would be like, but that's exciting that you're not. Yeah, I know. And I never thought I would enjoy not traveling, but yeah. like, it's fine. I'm oh, down. <laughs> so much so with setting health. up your business remotely, like in the US and in England, do you guys know where you're going to stay in the US? Are you going to go to in- move back to England? What do you think? I am forever US based. I much prefer it over in the US, like my mm-hmm. quality of life. And like, it's weird, but the sun and the weather does so much more good things. My house. If you're like, in LA compared to England, yeah, you get a lot more oh, yeah. sunshine there. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, California forever over here. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Cause I, yeah, I grew up in England and I live in Kansas, which is very sunny actually. And I like, I've thought back and I'm like, I could maybe live there for like a couple years, you know, like mm-hmm. if, I don't know if life ever put me that way, but not forever. I want to be in the sunshine, but we have a lot of UK listeners and we love all of you. <laughs> and yeah. you got you're it, all guys. great. And you totally have a lot of perks that we don't have here. Like everyone knows how to make free healthcare. Tea. Yeah. Free healthcare, yeah. free healthcare and, and good tea. I think Keely's was better than mine. I just this. love how <laughs> Keely is like free healthcare and Cassie's like they <laughs> make good tea. <laughs> I know. Apparently y'all different priorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I didn't get to like, I don't remember at least like experiencing the free healthcare over there. Cause I was so young when I moved in my defense. Okay. I, I guess go. we'll let you slide on that one, but I am <laughs> still a, a citizen. So if all goes to shit here, then maybe I'll have to move back there so that I can like, I did have a friend who, um, was from Ireland and he was living in Mexico and got cancer and he, he moved back home to get treatment, uh, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, maybe one day we can have really good healthcare systems. And you know, speaking of the British healthcare, and again, we love all of our British listeners. <laughs> but you know what? You want to know something that's interesting? And maybe Keely, because you've experienced both, maybe you would be a good person to like shed some light on this. But I had seen so much stuff about how all the countries that have the free healthcare, um, built into the, you know, into the system that they really had a hard time getting like scans or getting mm-hmm. diagnosis and et cetera. And so I, in my mind was like, well, that's the benefit over here with our private healthcare is like, you know, we get the scans and everything when we need them. I mean, but then sometimes I, I do sometimes. know people who've had to wait months and months. And well, months that's and what months I'm getting at. So when I was over there visiting and I was talking to my aunt, she was like, oh, you know, she had to have a colonoscopy and she was like, and it took ages to get me in. I was like, well, what's ages? And she said it was like three and a half months. And I was like, dude, I have had to wait like eight months over here you know, to get a colonoscopy. And we've talked to so many people who have such the same situation, like same story. And so I asked her a bunch of other questions about like the medical system. And so have you experienced that? Like in the UK, I mean, it seems like America is not that much faster. What do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I went through hell in the UK through the health system. I mean, they completely messed me around and messed me up and I had many unnecessary, like complications and I was misdiagnosed for I think it was oh god it's all such a blur I think it was like around three years um and it was it was hell I mean they yeah it sucks like I it's and all because they didn't give me the right scan because they didn't want to pay for it you know it's yeah so there's definitely pros and cons and I mean I don't know how different my experience would have been in the U.S. um but it was messy in the U.K. Uh, and I, yeah, I wonder if, if I was paying for it, if it would have been better. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. It was horrible. It they was have horrible. Pri- they do have private healthcare options over there too. They do have options. Yeah. They do have private yeah. options. Yeah. yeah. Well, that needs to be a whole freaking episode in itself. Chelsea oh, yeah. and I have said that for a while, like talking about the healthcare systems, you know, um, 
Yeah. It just seems like such a freaking beast of an episode that we really want to get like an expert on there. And so we have a little bit shied away from even like a lot of discussion about it because it's like, this is such a monster of a freaking subject. Well, and I think it's so different from place to place. Like Mm -hmm. Keely, the fact that you have experienced both the United States healthcare system and England's healthcare system, like you're probably one of the, yeah best able people to talk about that, those experiences and how they're similar, different or pros and cons to both. Um, but it's just, I I even think like within the States, it's hard to find out and figure out some people just have better access to healthcare, even though our system is still the same. Um, there's just so many, there's so many layers to it and it just, it can be, it can just be so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. We will tackle that sometime soon. That's so <laughs> I don't know if I would I, say soon. <laughs> soon. I mean, we will at some point in time. Yes, I would love to be like soon with confidence. Yeah. But we'll sometime we, soon. We'll see. So, um, I have another question. So as a Spoonie entrepreneur and female and you're married and you're kind of like, living the dream, but also you've worked super hard and you faced many, a obstacle, just like most anyone or everyone who is living the dream. Um, what would you say are like three things that you would tell someone who's like, I think I want to be a freaking entrepreneur and I have a chronic illness, or even maybe they're in the corporate world, but they're like, I want to have, I want to have a successful career. What are three things that you would say? That's a really hard question. I'm sure. Best thing I would say is I wish someone told, oh, am I frozen again? Yeah, oh, you're there. You're, no, you're, you're back. You're back. You're yeah. back. Okay, good, good. Um, I think it's a huge question. Um, I think the first thing I would say is like, I wish someone told me that when I went out with like the goal of making sizable change that A, not everyone's going to agree with it and not everyone's going to be all for it. And um, you should just keep going no matter what they say and just, uh, you also don't have to complete everything in a day and start with like incremental impact. I think people underestimate the power of like a comment on Instagram or a post on Instagram, or, like a small thing. You don't have to be speaking at the United Nations to make change or to make be successful. Like you can do things incrementally and also don't put your health at risk. I think there was so many times where I put like my goals and my ambitions before my health and that never served me well and it never got me ahead of the game never got me to where I wanted to be so always just focus on your health first and and then think about it but also just like do what others don't go beyond the call of duty and just keep going too it doesn't happen quickly it takes it takes a decent amount of time um everyone's like you did it so quick and I'm like yeah you haven't seen what happened like Mm -hmm. before that it takes Mm -hmm. like a long time um yeah I guess those, those would be like my tips. <laughs> those were really good tips. Mm-hmm. Those were Yay. super good tips. I love those. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really glad I asked that question and put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Keely, where can people find you on the internet if they want to keep up with you and your projects and just all the cool things that you're doing? Oh, thank you. Definitely Instagram. Love a bit of Instagram. Uh, Keely Catwells and then our C Talent One Two, which is the company one, um, and then LinkedIn. I'm like a big LinkedIner now, uh, so Keely Catwells on LinkedIn. 
thank you so much, Keely. We just loved having you on again. It's so nice mm-hmm. to connect. We just, we're so happy with everything that you're doing. We always look forward to your posts and your stories and really happy for you and your new, your new love and your new life yeah. and marriage. Thank you so much. I, good luck with your wedding too. Oh my gosh. Thanks. It's, um, <laughs> you're like, thanks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of work. It'll be really fun. And yeah, it'll all be good. I I've told Cassie, it's just, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. It'll, it'll all be good. It'll be, it's everything that has to do with it is a good problem. So thanks yeah. Keely. It'll Yay. be so worth it for sure. Um, but thank you also for everything you guys do. I mean, it's, oh, I love you. Love you guys. Oh, thank you. Oh, we, we love, love you. you too. Hi everyone. If you haven't caught on, we really like self-care here at The Real Life Show. We're all about taking care of yourself, taking control of your energy, taking control of your life. So that way you get to live the life of your dreams in whatever way that looks like for you. And so we wrote a book all about self-care and energy management. It's called Empowered Self-Care. And we're really, really excited about it. It's freaking awesome. It's available on Amazon now, right now. And we are thrilled, like beyond thrilled to announce that we are bestsellers. This book became a bestseller in its first week in mind-body connection, in multiple sclerosis, and in irritable bowel syndrome. Woot, woot, we're and bestsellers. Diabetes. And diabetes. And, yeah, yeah. Lots of, we, we, were in, we were in lots of categories, um, maybe not number one, but we were really close to the top, which we were so excited about, which means that... People were buying it, which means we take to means it's good. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. basically you want to get in on this really awesome trend of how great our book is and reading it and buying it and enjoying it and taking care of yourself. It is on sale on Kindle for $2.99, or you can get a paperback, which is gorgeous. Might we add for $13.99 on Amazon. The link is in the bio. We are so proud of it. It is beefed up. It is freaking awesome. It's got all the good shit in it. And when Cassie said link in bio, she meant link in show notes because we're not on Instagram. We're on our podcast. Real life, y'all. <laughs> See? That's <laughs> right. real people. But go check out our book. Tell us what you like about it. Or I guess what you, we don't, what you don't like, you can tell us that too. But go check it out. We love it. Take better care of yourself so that you have all the energy to do all the things you want to do in your life. The book is called Empowered Self-Care. Take control of your energy. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you love this podcast and want to show your support, please leave a review, share the podcast with others, or join us in the Wellness Hub community. These little things really do help to get our podcast out there to others. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us on Instagram at The Real Wellness Hub or on our website, mywellnesshub.co for all sorts of resources and to find our Wellness Hub community.